Greetings, citations, ladies and gentlemen. My name is James, aka the Architect, and with me, as always, is Skull Hunter Games, aka Jordan. How you doing, uh, today, man? I'm I'm doing good, dude. I'm doing good. Um, like always, we got Joseph, everybody. Uh, hey guys, how, how, you, how you guys doing? We definitely didn't spend an hour just talking about nothing. <laughs> how, how's everyone doing today? Not uh, too shabby. Better. Weather's finally. Um... Uh, becoming pleasant here in Canada, so I had a, had, a, had a good walk, finally got to explore some of the area. I may or may not have been keeping track of how many people were masked up and how many people weren't masked up, and I'm not pathological. Anyways, eight people were wearing their masks. <laughs> I was were, I was waiting for not. the number. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, the weather was starting to break here. It started to look really nice, and then it turned really crappy, and then we're supposed to get snow again next week. But uh, other than that, I think I think I'm doing better than you know maybe certain ex uh, advertisers for companies such as Shamal and Subway. But <laughs> other than that, I I'm doing alright. I can't complain. Ah, good, good. Um, honestly, the weather here sucks. I was ready for like 70 degrees, get out and run, break some sweat. Nah, it's I wake up, it's 30 degrees outside, and I live in Kansas. I'm like, what is this? What, there should be tornadoes outside my door, not <laughs> snowballs. Like, I don't want this. I love the cold, but, man, when you want to run and start, like, losing weight, burning calories, you're like, I want it to be hot, not cold. So that's been a, that's been an issue. But all in all, dude, doing pretty well. Super excited about the stories. This is episode 23 of the podcast now. 23. Um, we've been doing this for... And we're not fired yet. Uh, nope. Someone's getting close, though. <laughs> Someone's getting close. Someone's getting close. Um, not gonna point any names. Me. Um, oh, I, th- I, th- I thought that was a jab at me. I was going to, but I, and I then I was on the chopping block. I'm like, bro. Nah, you're. <laughs> so here's here's the thing is I made a I made a post about it. I made a post about you know a punishment wheel. So when I'm doing challenges and stuff like that, and so I made a post on Facebook on the Skull Hunter Games Facebook page about, hey, I'm making a challenge uh, board, I'm making a punishment board. I want you guys to think of some things to do as a punishment if I land on it. <sighs> James sat there and put on, <laughs> say nice things to your co-host. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, cool. And then Christy, another member of Skull Hunters, puts on there, you gotta say nice things about me. I'm like, what, am I a bad guy? Do I just like, am I not friendly enough? Do you not love me enough? So I'm like, you know what? I'll just be nice. This is the nice side of me. This is Jordan being nice. No jabs at anyone. Just just chilled yeah. out and being me. That wasn't a jab at you said you're mean. I'm just very egotistical. <laughs> I'm very narcissistic. Uh, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> uh, leaving Tony on hook is a, is a great thing. <laughs> Never will forget that. And I talked to him the other day, and he still reminds me of it. Well, I'm not narcissistic or anything. But did anybody mention me in the comments about saying nice things about me? I no. will. I'm doing it right now. No one no one said anything about you, and I was really hard. Like, why not, why not Joseph? He, he's kind of a co-host now. Why not, why not I, him? I <laughs> okay, I, uh, I contract. Like, I don't formally care but i was just doing the mm-hmm, narcissistic mm-hmm. joke you know, the bit i think i said you were doing the bit you're doing the bit i just do the bit 
Uh, secretly, though, you are being kicked out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm being... I'm being not was, not, not the say, podcast make, out of that. your apartment. <laughs> oh, that, was... yeah, that, that actually would hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not the sarcastic. Oh no, that's too much. Oh, that's oh um, no. It's just funny yeah, with George. If I had a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh man, that's just, that's the funny thing when George said it. Someone's gonna roll close to be fired. All three of us were like, "Is it me?" <laughs> I was like, is it me? And secretly, I just knew I was going to jab myself with it because I realized through this whole entire time doing the podcast, we've been only at 720p. We have not hit 1080p, and I need to do research and find that out. So I need to figure out why. Hush up. Hush up. You didn't even know. You didn't even know. So uh, hopefully we'll be on your nice spend because usually it's shut your mouth. I noticed, like, shutting your mouth is, like, your go-to. Because it, yeah. it's, it makes you, because you, you think it's funny. Everyone thinks it's funny when you're just like, shut up. It, it's just, it, it makes you kind of just, like, give a little smirk so you know I'm not being serious about it. Um, He's a nice guy. He's a, a nice wonderful guy. guy. Nice guy. Nice guy. All right. Perfect. Everybody says good things. <laughs> good things hit me all the time. But you know what's good? Our first story today. That is right, what? James. Take us away. Oh, this could be good. If you can show that mug real quick, we'll uh. Bye. So, PlayStation is rumored to be starting to develop something similar to the Xbox Game Pass. Shocking. This info has been leaked by the creator and director of God of War, who says that the direction that Sony is going could lead them to try to compete for something. Like the Xbox Game Pass, which is weird because I thought the PlayStation Plus or Network, whatever it's called, I thought that was their version of the Game Pass. So now I am yeah, confused. like I was thinking that this article is like ten years old. Like, they've been they've been providing an online service for years. Like, it, what? How is it going to be different from what they're doing now? Because the the. Yeah, this is from this week, though. That's the thing. I just had to double-check the article to make sure it was like, this is intentional, right? Yeah. No, it's... No, they haven't had anything like that. What they've been doing is uh, they've just been, like, giving games away for free. But they haven't had a actual, like, Game Pass experience and all this stuff. So, I mean, Game Pass does give you, like, discounts and stuff like that for the Microsoft Store. But PlayStation don't have that. They're either giving games away for free or saying... A dollar for the game here just take it off our hands and stuff like that okay so through reading i understand the difference now okay so the big difference is so with ps now which is their version of that game pass i guess you would call it what they have now mm-hmm. um basically when you download the game you are streaming it like you would with like stadia or something like that on yeah. your playstation Whereas with Xbox, it goes straight to your hard drive. Also, the other difference is Xbox um, has certain titles that you can actually start downloading before day one mm-hmm. through the Xbox Game Pass. That is the uh, benefit of that. So that is the difference. But supposedly, they're trying to rework their PS Now. Um, they're trying to fix some of the issues they've had. And then they're trying to basically make it more viable and more competitive. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. I, I just want to like I have I've tried PS now and my experience with it was just like not 
preferred whatsoever. It was a bit of a specific scenario because, you know, when my girlfriend was at her parents' place, she, she couldn't fit a, a TV in her room because she had already had um, that spot for an iMac. So she figured out how to get remote play to work on the iMac, which I thought was a, an achievement because the, the, the iMac is like 10 years old. So I thought, well, that was actually pretty good. But then PS Now wouldn't have worked on that remote setting. So all I wanted to do was play the Killzone series and ignore my girlfriend while I had her <laughs> I just wanted to play the Killzone series, which, by the way, I still want to do, I, I might add. So PS Now, I don't know, it's uh, it's just a very unusual middle ground between like a streaming service and like an on-demand service. Mm -hmm. So in all cases, I would be happier just being able to download the game and then access it afterwards. Or be able to play it without be able to play any it. issues. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, same. Well, I would rather, you know, I'll download it and not be able to play it versus stream it and not be able to play it. Yeah. <laughs> So it would, uh, that'll come to, uh, that that's actually a funny, uh, segue into another story I have later about a game that you could play even after you downloaded it. Uh, but as a residential Xbox, uh, shill, what does, uh, Jordan have to say about this? Uh, absolutely. I think it's great. I think, uh, what they're doing is great because they're going to pretty much give what the people have been wanting for the Xbox side because there's a bunch of PlayStation mm -hmm. users and stuff like that. They don't have Game Pass, and I see what they're trying to do with it. I think it's great. I definitely think they're trying to steal ideas. And maybe this could be how they're going to make those um, those PlayStation games available on the PC because I know that's still happening. Um, maybe, that's, yes. maybe that's still kind of pushed to get this out there. So you bring that up. Our next story actually still is in line with the Xbox Game Pass. So, according to a known reputable Valve insider, Xbox Game Pass is coming to Steam, which means all the day one launches, all the exclusive deals, all the other cool things you have on Xbox Game Pass, people will now be able to get on the PC. That's awesome. Which, in my opinion, I'll go ahead and throw my opinion out there before you guys speak. Um, I think this was long overdue. I think since Microsoft pretty much owns the PC market, I think this is awesome. I think it's just long overdue, but this is still a great step towards something like that. Dude, I I think it's I think it's great because I I love the PC. I spent so much money on my PC. I want to play games in high graphics and get the smooth, crystal clear gameplay out of it and not be buffered by an Xbox that can easily overheat. You know, I, w I just, I love playing on the PC. It's so much smoother. It's great. So I'm super, super happy about that for Steam because the Xbox Game Pass for the Microsoft Store sucks. It, it sucks. Running through Steam, though, no problems. It's it's like it's like butter. Joseph, what about you? Uh, my first question is about availability of games. Does that mean any game on the Xbox could potentially become available on this, or is it just a change in so, service? So, so for the most part, all Xbox exclusives are already on PC. Oh, so like Gears yeah. of War, Halo mm -hmm. series, all that. Yeah, is already on PC. So. Yes, if it comes out on Xbox, it comes out on PC, unless for some reason the developer strictly only made console versions of the game, which I don't would think be a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, like because they're programming the game on a computer, mm -hmm. so you know makes sense to release it on yeah. a computer. 
So yeah. I think it, it, you know, it comes back to you know what job consoles have, because um, most people can have a computer, and like you get a lot of these uh, PC websites where they'll charge a lot of money for a custom-built PC, but mm-hmm. most of that money is actually the expertise uh, rather than the parts. Yeah. Um, and when you know, coming uh, bringing Nintendo into this conversation for a second, I think this is where Nintendo is really going to shine because they understand that people have different lifestyles and mm-hmm. so they made their signature console also a portable system uh, which is like a, a great forward thinking idea and mm-hmm. i i but i'm also but i guess the, the downside is like what's going to be next for nintendo in this case like where do they go they're going to do an upgraded switch which i think we'll be talking about uh, a little bit later based on the news yes. article so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that all i all i gotta say is um I I don't mind having all the different services. Uh, like if if Microsoft had its wanted to go with its own individual service, like um, parallel to Steam, I'd be fine with that. If the user interface was seamless, if it was like a pleasant experience, but it's not. So far, all my only experience with it has been invasive, where it just pops up out of nowhere to unlock an achievement because I corrected my controls or something like that and you know, i remember first time i saw games for windows live when i installed the bioshock 2 and i'm like what the hell microsoft what are you doing here I'm trying to play bioshock 2 so i don't know it's it they they didn't i think one of the one of the issues with them early on was they never put a lock on it in the first place like how steam had an access lock because people wanted to play half-life 2 so mm-hmm. there it was the game was the incentive to adopt the platform so the game always comes first. And so long as there's a game that comes first and incentivizes, then you can make people adopt whatever platform you want. But as far as the PC market goes, no developer has that kind of clout that Valve does. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wanted to real fast uh, piggyback off of uh, something you just said, is the uh, user experience for the Xbox or for uh, like the Steam versus the Xbox play where you have like achievements popping up on the side. Well, there's actually something more that you don't hear streamers really talk about is how frustrating it is because it runs down your PC so much more because it's trying to run several things at once. And it will make trying to record a pain. And I was streaming, uh, what was the game? Uh, The Medium. I was playing The Medium on the PC because I don't have a Series X. And... The user experience, I hated every bit of it. It just was not, I refuse. Gears of War is a pain because it keeps trying to take this microphone, run it through, and there's no way to turn it off. So now I have to unplug it, hurry up, turn on OBS, and as it's loading, plug back in the microphone to get it not to auto sync. And there's no easy setting to just say, keep this out of the loop. Keep it out. Just don't touch it. There's no easy setting. So versus Steam, everything's so much easier. So the user experience is, I feel like it's going to be so much better with us using Steam. Yeah, um, and if anybody hasn't tried it yet, big picture mode on Steam just shows where things are going. It's this yeah. um, beautiful, uh, pristine, uh, pleasing to the ears, pleasing visually experience. It's mm-hmm. controller enabled. And yep. one of the things about creating a user experience on the interface is you don't try to wow people like off the bat. You create something that 
is comforting more over time. Mm -hmm. So somebody always comes back to it. They load up Steam Big Picture, and it's a very calming, very soothing um, uh, menu experience. And that's yeah. one thing that I really, like, really like to see. Like they're gonna, yeah. if they're gonna go for this, at least make it like a a, pl a pleasing experience. Yeah, and yeah. all the deals they have. Oh my God, they constantly have discounted games, no matter what mm -hmm. day it is. Yeah, the Steam Spring Sale, Summer Scale, mm -hmm. Winter Sale. They're always big uh, one thing i want to see is you talk about streamline you talk about efficiency all that mm -hmm. i know i know i'm a big uh person that's been against monopolies and such like that but i would actually truly like to see a company like steam just be the say all be all when it comes to pc gaming just to make it easier for everyone when it comes mm -hmm. to xbox uh i know nvidia started their own little game store thing um whatever PlayStation games are coming, just send them to Steam, you know what I mean? Have yeah. Epic and Steam work together, that'd be... Just have have everything in one system, or like Battle.net, stuff like that. Have it all in one system, so that way I don't have to have multiple programs on my computer just to play. Yeah. Like, if I want to play Warzone, I have to load up Battle.net. If I want to play Counter-Strike, I have to load up Steam. If I wanted yep. to play... Um, I don't play Fortnite, but if I want to play Fortnite, I have to load up Epic Games. Right. But like You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't. There, there's a couple of really good points there. Um, so, so a few things that I that I would say to that. One of them is, it seems to me that rather than them agreeing on all of one platform, it's more like somebody would have to de develop a platform to then collect all of these other services. So in that way, I can seamlessly close one up uh, and open yeah. up another. So like it catches, uh, it'll catch Epic, it'll catch Steam, it'll catch whatever yep. Ubisoft one is. I'm just throwing it random examples out. You play. Uh, you play, that's it. Um, so, I mean, one of my, like, uh, this is this is political, this is like positive politics. This is one of my uh, viewpoints is that of an institution. So I do see myself as an institutionalist. And, and, I, and I position this as, while market is a good thing and competition is a good thing, you're good, you're good. At some point you have winners. And at some point, those winners should have different rule sets because then they can just they can keep on competing, but they're in the winning position. So they'll always uh, strike at anybody who's in second place anyways. Mm -hmm. So rather than continue this perpetual competition where there's constant loss while you're at it, you just integrate them more into almost like a public utility side where now, OK, congratulations, you won. Here is now what. Um, uh, impact you now have on the market like Google for instance basically won so you just let them get into I would say like the collective muscle memory of a society and then people can move on to other competitions the reason why this only works in theory is because of human beings and there's different ideologies and people have different views and different rules and then that's how you end up with um, market mitosis where now these other platforms which at one point by the way I think Steam was pretty much the only platform uh, for for a while it was quite yeah. a while yeah and and i th and I, I mean battle.net was before that but i don't think anybody really complained no, like, no everybody people, had, everybody people had at least used, one blizzard game they wanted to play at the time uh -huh. yeah people use battle.net for that uh free to play command and conquer M uh not mmo yeah mmo that was online a while ago that was about it that's the only thing i used battle.net for before warzone yeah Wait, I, I would um, matters to my, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I was just curious. Isn't uh, World of Warcraft on Battle.net? Yes. World of Warcraft is like oh, the yeah. main I one, right? I, okay. I, for, for some reason, I thought Blizzard had their own thing. Okay, I, I, I just, 
I just real fast want to put it in there. I wanted to look smart. Is Battle.net Blizzard? I'm sorry. I've only ever used Battle.net for that Command & Conquer game a long, long time ago and Warzone just recently. Hmm. Command & Conquer is not much to do with Battle.net or Blizzard. Is it not on Battle.net? Is it not on Battle.net? It might be on Battle.net because they started integrating other games into it like Destiny, so maybe at that point, but I don't think so. Oh, I could be completely. I could be thinking of something completely different. Anyway, planet side. No. Okay, I gave it. I gave it my best shot. Yep, that was that was your one guess. All right. Um, we get on here. Any more final uh, questions, comments, concerns? I mean, I, I got no. Oh, yeah. So the other thing that I was just gonna say too is that I. I don't know. I would want to uh, end up taking matters into my own hands, where like I would set up. Like I have two profiles right now on my computer. I have my mm -hmm. Joseph profile for stuff like this and for gaming, for my, my casual uh, surfery of the internet. And then I have my professional work account, which I call Procef. I'm pretty happy about that one. So I would want to get to a point where I would have like a, th a third one of just gaming and I guess supposedly streaming in there too. Because that's what it's going to take in order to keep track of all of this is I'm going to need a full on different interface specifically mm -hmm. for gaming. Yeah, that, that's why I think, you know what? I don't know why you guys are listening to this. Quit listening to this. This is this is not for you. Anyway, we're gonna make a middleman software that you just log into one time, log in all your accounts into the middleman software, and boom, takes you to everything you need to go. Boom, there you go. What are you listening for? This isn't for you. Stop it. Go away. Don't don't learn from this. This yeah. is not an educational podcast. But we talked about yeah. the news. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, speaking of news, this is actually pretty uh pretty alarming news maybe to some people. So, if you remember, no, not yet. I find that alarming, but I'm good. Okay. Um, well, this might be alarming to some PlayStation 4 users. So, if you guys remember when the Xbox 360 came out, there was a thing called the Red Ring of Death. And no, it's not after you eat bad chili. So. Or any chili. Fair. Uh, there's our there's our one fart joke of the day, or poop joke, whatever. Oh, um, is there more coming? Cool, can't wait. Awesome. Anyway, once you get into a flow, <laughs> it burns to uh, stop. <laughs> I've been a burning ring of fire. Anyway, so if you don't know. So PlayStation 4 utilizes this thing called a Complementary Metal Oxide Semiconductor, DMOS for short. Um, basically what it is, it's just a button cell battery that speaks to the motherboard. That's all it does. Well, apparently some people have discovered that those are starting to malfunction. And it, when electric components like this malfunction, it usually happens in batches. So it was a similar thing with the Red Ring of Death and the Xbox 360. It wasn't just one or two pieces that went bad. It was uh, a design flaw across it all. And now people are saying that every PS4 that has these on been built the same way and they're going to have the same flaw. So a lot of PS4 users may... It doesn't give a time frame per se, but they may or may not experience something similar to this with their PlayStation 4s. Um... And now I want to get your thoughts on this because this is pretty important in today's one. There's a chip shortage going on. I don't know if you know mm -hmm. that there's chip shortage. That's why electric cars are being halted. That's why it's very 
extremely difficult to get a new console. But with it being difficult to get a new console and PS4s may or may not go bad, obviously it could happen well over time. So if you want to replace your PS4 with a PS4, I'm sure it wouldn't be that difficult. Um, but what, what do you guys think of the situation? Because with the way technology is now, the amount of R&D that goes into this type of thing, especially for a massive company like Sony, um, you would think that this stuff would be preventable or at least be caught during like testing because you would think with these consoles there's hours and hours of testing to go on and like shock tests and stuff like that just go I'm ahead and take it away yeah just getting uh, long enough just to make sure um uh, i i'm i might i might pass to jordan just gonna have another second just to uh just to think about this like my my overall feeling towards this is about how there's a lot of pressure to get these consoles out and it does at least seem like they don't take uh they're not taking their time but if you actually look at the data it suggests that console cycles are actually pretty much uh, on the same pace as usually about mm-hmm. six or seven years but i think what you notice about compared to like earlier console cycles is that the growth of technology within all of society was more noticeable so like the jump between i guess super nintendo and like nintendo 64 was also taking place where there was a lot of other significant changes happening in Mm -hmm. society at large whereas now the difference between xbox one and xbox series x what are some of the major cultural or technological changes within that amount of time crypto and if Dude, what about Dogecoin? Almost 50 cents. Dude, Dogecoin is blowing up. It's what it spikes so what are the guys one of the guys I work with, he said he didn't tell me the exact amount because we don't talk about money with each other because mm-hmm. that's weird. But he he said that he made a crap ton on it and basically he said that he wasn't coming to work next week. I mean, I, I understand. Uh, luckily, though, uh, me and Brittany are good with financing, so we're not doing that, but we do have a ton in those. So when it I'll bounced up, I was super excited. I'm like, I know retirement. <laughs> I know. I know Brittany's been, mm-hmm. you know, she's been hard on the Dogecoin for oh, God. weeks now. I finally got her to wear color, and then she bought like six Doge shirts all in black. And I'm like, no, I want you to wear more color. <laughs> It's like all these black shirts with like Doge on it, but back back to back to around the uh, the subject of um, pretty much placed PS4s having the uh, ring of death. Um, honestly, I think yeah. yeah, I mean, I I it's honestly it don't don't really seem like that big of a deal, um, because the whole thing with like uh, all, all PS4s gonna have it, I doubt it. Because they're not all made at the exact same time, the exact same way. They weren't all factured or made, like, put together. All the pieces were made that day. Mm. And I mean, it's. I doubt all of them are going to go through that. I mean, I still have a, uh, a 360. It never got any red rings. It still loads up just fine. And, I mean, it's been through hell, but it, it works just fine. There's no red rings of death. There's no nothing. I still have a PS3 still works just fine but i know we're talking about ps4s and maybe we can cut back into like how just was saying where it's like maybe it's because the pressure that they get to push out these new lines maybe that could be it but the only issue i'd have with that is the 
PS the PS4 came out to fight against the Xbox One. The Xbox One, the only issue they had was that big bulky box uh, that kept overheating. That was the big issue the Xbox Ones had. That and their graphics card is eh, it's all right, but that was the big issue was that box overheating. And then they made the uh, little white ones, the Slims, and no box, no problem. That's honestly how I see it. So I don't know what what the big deal. I think it's just some problems. I can have my phone right now. And it could crash, software malfunction, or the CPU goes out. Am I going to sit there and worry, oh no, is all the other Samsung Note 8s are going to have the exact same effect? No. I'm, I'm yeah, your think point about the, do. about the red ring of death, by the way, is valid because I believe that was a launch issue. Mm-hmm. As soon as people started buying them, these issues... It t- took like maybe like a week before people started uh, experiencing them. So that was very much a uh, a unique case in that this was an issue that happened like right away. Um, it, it reminds me of like oh, I remember when the Wii came out and people and the and the the little uh, fishing line between the wrist strap and the controller was too short and people were getting so into it because this was the first time that a lot of the people you know, stood up. And so, and actually it happened, it, it, it happened to us. Like a couple of us got, got together to play the Wii Sports and uh, one guy invites his, uh, you know, his little brother over and his little brother gets way into like swinging and just he whips it, controller detaches from the fishing line, um, did not hit the TV, hit the closet door. Ooh, thank still God. Left, still left them mark. Yeah, thank, thank, thank goodness for that because then otherwise we wouldn't have been able to play. The rest of your the Wii experience would have been, been gone. <laughs> yeah, it would have been awful. That it would have been awful if your friend lost a little brother. That would have been awful. <laughs> but uh, but I, I compare it to the Red Ring just because it's uh, an issue. Yeah, similar as in like this is something that's going to happen to uh, not just one or two. It's it's most likely going to happen to a batch of a more group of them. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I try to make this more of a, a serious issue than it is is due to the whole thing that there is a console shortage right now and people now more than ever need a source of entertainment or stress relief or whatever they might use their console for Mm -hmm. and with there being a console shortage if this would happen like that's more so the angle i was going for i know it doesn't really compare to the red ring but kind of does but i know it doesn't kind of yeah my 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 one issue would have been i could like being cheesed based on the service I, I options I would have mm-hmm. if I call up Sony and and they I'm in this particular case it's hard to get a PS5 but if for instance that they can't service it because it's no longer the the current gen console or whatever excuse you're going to make then that mm-hmm. to me is going to reek of planned or or coincidental obsolescence and i would and i would feel pretty cheesy about that because it's not like i'm playing a retro console yeah Yeah. the 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 difference again between a a super nintendo and nintendo 64 is a lot more pronounced and you know you can feel like you're playing an artifact when other people are playing games in three dimensions (laughs) but now it's not the same thing even having a ps3 is still like pretty much a contemporary console in my opinion Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm You know what game came out on those contemporary consoles, though? The Bioshock series. Yes, Joseph, I think you're excited for this one. Get me started. People always say, don't get me started, and then it gets started. You can get get me started. started. Oh, that's okay. Well, I'm about to pull that uh, ripcord. Ready? So, the developers behind Bioshock have apparently put out a job listing... 
and this job listing is asking for a senior writer for a here you know what? i have the exact do you always want to hear the exact job description because i think i have it right here sure yeah. all right i did yeah. cloud chamber who is the company behind the next bioshock game is looking for a senior writer to join our talented narrative team to bring the world of bioshock to life once again under the supervision of the lead writer and collaborating closely with the narrative and design teams our senior writer will craft mem memorable narrative arcs write dialogue and breathe life into our characters. Experience in writing for games with particular aptitude for managing the nuances of interactive storytelling would be ideal for this role. We're hoping to find someone who could weave impactful, character-driven stories in an open-world setting. This is important, and I bring this up because of that very last note. Impactful, character-driven stories in an open-world setting. So, like so, a fallout. So, what this is telling us is that they're taking everything we know about Rapture, taking everything we know about Columbia, and they're going to put it in an open world game. We talked recently about open world games and how they don't work. Like, they do work, but they don't. Like, mm -hmm. it's hard to make it work. Well, Look, open world games are great value. They are mm -hmm. some of the best value you can get in gaming because they give players a reason to be there for 80 hours, 90 hours, 100 hours. And the activity that players do in these games, sometimes it'll be like a high octane. I think I read Dead. There will be shootouts and there will be fun moments, but mm -hmm. they are also um, spaced out by stuff that's, I guess, more sensory pleasing. Like riding around on a horse is probably pleasing to some people, just the feeling of it, the open world and freedom and all that stuff. Uh, I don't. I, I haven't played the game myself, but I assume once in a while you can get like I don't know, ride on a train or get into a game of poker. So like, it's it, it, it those kinds of games. They're not just fun for the set pieces, but they're also supposed to be fun just to interact with. Um, think of uh, MMORPGs, for instance. An mm -hmm. MMORPG is somewhere that I can just exist, and mm -hmm. I can work on my crafting. I can socialize with people. So it leans a little bit into a virtual reality setting rather than straight up gameplay. Bioshock is one of my favorite series. And the reason why is because as a creative and as a storyteller, as well as a, as a gamer, and as well as somebody with a, you know, with knowledge of economics, Bioshock combines all of those into a, into a cohesive experience and it never gives a player more choice than is necessary. So walking around Rapture, for instance, from a game design perspective, it's perfect because the whole like underwater city allows the developer to create these restrictive environments that don't push the hardware. But you can look out the window and you can see these other buildings. And so it conveys the idea of being in the underwater city. It's, it's a great concept. It's great to write stories about, but it is a masterstroke of a game setting. Um, everything that I say when I praise that game, it always ties into how it's effective on a gameplay perspective. It's not like, oh, the game is great, but the story is good too. No, no, no. It's about this net. It's about meshing both together. And it's mm -hmm. and really, if you haven't played it, um, I mean, you know, the third act it gets kind of just kind of draws out towards the end. But still, it's just brilliant game design. Um, Bioshock Infinite was too ambitious. They could not pull off what they wanted to. Which is why ten years—not ten years—but it's been a while since that game Give has or take, come out, yeah. and I still want to play the game that they marketed. 
what they gave me was the ice cream at home version of the game that they were marketing and i and i just so now this time i ain't trusting reviews on this one i'm probably going to have to watch some gameplay footage of a streamer to see if like they're going to actually pull off the gameplay that i want to see now when they say open world i don't think we're going to be walking around fields or stuff like that i'm pretty sure they're they're, they're they have enough respect for the formula that they're going to stick to a city setting can I interject? Because that was the next point I actually brought up. So the next part of the article does mention some concept art that was leaked a little bit ago. Because the game was apparently close to the end of, I want to say production, but I don't think that's the right word. Because they haven't done like the actual like character arcs or anything. I think they were just doing the level design. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, but they they're supposedly saying that it's not gonna take place in either Rapture or Columbia, so we're gonna see it's a brand new place. But with this new information coming out now, with it being an open world game, the concept art that was leaked, yeah, it may not be Columbia or Rapture, but that doesn't mean that those aren't gonna be part of the open world. Do you think, or do you think this is just gonna be open world, big city, like outside of Rapture and Columbia? No, they can they come up with a different city. Uh, even I like uh, it's, it's fun to just imagine like what kind of different cities but the the thing is not just about a city um, the limiting factor in their design assuming that they respect the formula is that it has to be an impossible city it's a or rather possible but highly unlikely yeah you, you pretty much can't do a city underwater you can try but you pretty much can't do it you pretty much can't do a city in the sky you can try but you pretty much can't do it so what would be another impossible city? They can do a sp space. They can do a space city, and then they can have like a, a gravity system. Yeah. I was um, thinking like Jetsons, maybe. Yeah, I was thinking like like an ancient city. Uh, say like they try Ooh. to bring back Babylon, for instance, and so they try to like they rise Babylon from the water, and they try to turn it into a functioning city again. Because um, also a part of uh, Bioshock the formula is that the city is not only impossible to exist okay i could have done that better not only does it, it is it impossible conceptually but it's exceedingly difficult to find you have to find a lighthouse in the middle of nowhere in both cases so it would have to be accessed possibly via lighthouse so by process of elimination because i thought about this a lot like what could they do for a new city my prediction is you do start off a lighthouse a boat comes to get you and then it takes you to the ancient city of babylon where it's hidden in like this valley or like even maybe like within a cave or something um and so that the city is just hidden from from view so you would have an open setting and city blocks would be like floating on the water so like what they wanted to do in infinite was they wanted different parts of the city to come and go because everything was floating and you mm -hmm. can would uh, fly around the air so i think they're going to try that but they're going to move city blocks um through water propulsion so it'd be kind of like a little bit like a venice uh aesthetic that's what i think they're going to do okay. some kind of like uh, yeah. if you watch avengers uh wakanda how it can only be you can only be seen or entered through like one certain way with a certain technology something yeah. like that yeah. but, I, but cool. i'm pretty confident that that it's going to be babylon because there's only so many cities that oh the, you have babylon you have atlantis uh something along those lines 
Yeah. Um, well, I truly wish this game the best because I Me too. truly I'm tired of seeing bad games. I think we all are. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing great game companies or great game franchises be ruined because of ambition or pressure to get it out fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 tired of seeing that. I'm really hoping they actually take their time with this one. Now, I I looked up there are six games, correct? What else five? Because they made the collection. Yeah, the Bioshock series. Well, the collection. I mean, the, the, the Shock and... game series goes back before Bioshock, so it's actually the Shock series. So there's System Shock, which takes place on a space station, and there's two of those: System Shock One and System Shock Two. So that actually is the core of it. Bioshock is when you get into the city thing. So if they're calling it Bioshock, then it has to be an urban okay. setting. Okay. Okay, because I, I, I heard Bioshock before, before, and I seen it in the thread, so I wanted to search it up. The only one I've ever seen anything about was Bioshock that was in uh, 2007, and then Bioshock Infinite. That was the one in uh, 2013. Um, yeah. And the one Infinite one is the one I heard bad, but great things about it. Like, I remember getting a Game Informer from uh, GameStop and looking through, and people were like, oh, it's it's great, and then the next month they're like, oh, this game's terrible! <laughs> so, Bioshock Infinite is great if you don't mind having ice cream at home. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mom, can I get Bioshock Infinite? Yeah, Bioshock <laughs> Infinite at home. The Bioshock Infinite at home. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, not exactly. it's not the same. You don't get that you don't get that nice yeah. like feeling. Okay. Yeah, so so one thing I want to say about the narrative too cuz narrative is uh, critical to Bioshock and that's why I raised a red flag because it's like if I were designing Bioshock, I would be developing the story and the gameplay in tandem. I mm-hmm. wouldn't create the story first and then make the gameplay fit. I would make sure that each element mm-hmm. is integrated into the story in and you you would have to play through bioshock the original one to understand uh, how closely related the storytelling is yeah. for instance you get powers and you inject these powers into your wrist and those powers tell a lot of why the city fell apart which then ties into the whole economic uh commentary on it uh you're going to feel a little shook uh, you feel a little yeah, shook. yeah at first an injection it's, it's always, oh, I can't do the Irish, but I tried. Um, there is one thing, other thing I want to say about it, which is when people show, when you show up to Bioshock, uh, the city's already fallen apart. So okay. it's a mystery to try to like put it together. In Infinite, the city is on the verge of falling apart. There's these, there's these factions that are um, uh, coming into conflict with one another. And then by the end of the game, the city has fallen apart. So in this one, Again, this is my prediction. What I think they're going to do is actually give the player the ability to affect in what way the city falls apart. But make no mistake, it has to fall apart. If it doesn't, it's not Bioshock. Because, mm-hmm. again, it comes back to an impossible city. And even if they get it to work structurally, it's the people. It's the people that ruin it. It's the people by the people. <laughs> okay. I've never played one of the games, so I might have to give it a, uh, a checkout. Yeah. I would, I I would recommend the you first like order, one. You like shooters? Mm-hmm. I would recommend the first one. The yeah, first Bioshock one. or the yeah. first Shock? No, first Bioshock 1, the first Bioshock. Okay, okay. I will I will definitely um, do that. The one that was made in 2007, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. If slash when I start my own stream, I would stream the Bioshock Infinite game just to like Get do my like, playthrough, but as well as a, an analysis of it as I go. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to add on, and then we can close off this topic, is kind of just a caveat of what you said. This is a, a good expression you hear a lot of time when it comes to, um, like, boxing, MMA, wrestling. 
um, they say that the match needs a stadium, not the stadium needs a match. And what that's saying is like, yeah, you can run out Madison Square Garden, but if you have a crappy card, no one's going to come. Um, that kind of reminds me of this situation where like every story needs a stage, but the stage doesn't need a story. And that's what it seems like they're trying to do right now is they're trying to build the stage before they have a story. Okay. And they might have already figured out like the main beats. So maybe they just need somebody to tie the narrative together. So, okay, you know, I mean, like, like bring somebody for punch up, stuff like that. So uh, it is possible that they, they worked that stuff out. At least I hope they did. And I think Ken Levine is still like involved in it in some way. So I think as long as his creative comes, as long as he's at least being consulted, then it is in good hands. It wasn't Ken Levine's fault that Bowser Infinite didn't turn out to be the game it was supposed to be. That ga- the game was just crumbled due to uh, uh, the pressure to get it to work, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So they had to dial it back, way back. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing a lot more nowadays than. It's just bad. Now, gentlemen, would you kindly? That's a reference for the one person here that might have got it. Would you kindly? Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, go to the article in your Discord that says experts predict what gamers' hands look like in the future. And I want us to just go through this and roast it. These, it's a casino review site called Slotwise. You can see right there. They uh, teamed up with scientific experts, aka virgins, and they <laughs> wanted to create a 3D model of what our of what our uh, descendants' hands would look like if we keep gaming, because you know gaming is such a uh, such a thing that evolution has yet to keep up with. Oh, slot wise. Oh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> I want you guys to look at these beauties. Let literally looks like footlong hot dogs. Oh my god, that's that's a monstrosity. Oh my god. They predict that both our index and middle fingers will extend enormously. But they and won't. this is to be able to this is to be able to press more buttons on the back of the controllers. You know, all the buttons that are on the back of the controllers. Oh look at this thing. Yeah, do you top. see that? Do you see all these buttons up here? Oh my god. That's Two buttons on top is pushing it. Change my mind. <laughs> That's why we need <laughs> the foot long fingies. I understand, that... like, if you, if I want everyone to hold up your pinky like this. I think we did this once before. Now, Joseph, you're going to be hard to sell, so I think you might have to sit this one out. But if you look right here, you'll see a little divot in this pinky, and it's not nearly as noticeable on your less dominant hand. Take my gloves off. Yeah. So if you look, hold it up like that, you see a divot on your dominant hand and not your non-dominant hand. Yeah. For the most part, it happens to most people. Um, that is called your cell phone finger or cell phone pinky. That is because people hold their cell phones and it's actually created a natural indent in your hand. Hmm. I Just I, I, have it. I get it. Just, yeah. Yeah, I see. I see an indentation. Yeah. So what that what that's wow. from is from oh you holding your cell phone with your pinky hold supporting the bottom like this, like you normally would. Now with gaming, unless somebody comes out, let I kind of don't want to. I don't want to blow the wad on the next story, but unless Soldier Boy comes out with a ridiculous console. Oh, uh, he listened to our podcast. <laughs> he did. He, someone must have tipped Soldier Boy off. We'll get to that next. But um, if somebody less, unless somebody makes a ridiculous controller where there's so many buttons on the back, 
Most okay. controllers are made for uh, ergonomic, um, like relaxation when it comes to hand. Like they don't want to make it awkward because if they make you awkward, they're not going to play it. So I I fail to see how someone's fingers are. Granted, they didn't say they give a time period of what descendants were going to be, but I still fail to see how gaming would be the reason why your middle and index finger on like your great 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 grandkids are going to be a foot long. I, I would I would like to know first who posted this like who who went out of their way to do this what company the casino review site known okay. as Slotwise okay. teamed up with a group of scientists aka a whole group of people who have never played video games from the sounds of it okay now, just just by looking at the 3D model they made of the person holding the controller then I would I would love to sit there and give a good demonstration uh, if you're listening to this um. So let me let me just I'm holding a controller. They make it so we can hold the controller. Okay. With that in mind, we have virtual reality games. We have headsets that puts us into the games and then our controller is legitimately no bigger than our phone. And it's just there so we know where our hands are and we have little buttons. How the hell do they expect our human bodies to expand for gaming? Like, we've been playing the piano and our fingers aren't just growing out and just going, no, we have more pianists and gamers. Am I right? I said it would be nice this podcast. I said it would be nice. I'm not going to say the S word. Not going to say it. Um... But it's like we're not gonna we're not gonna grow magical fingers to blast somebody. No, gamers, there've been more. Okay, I know you get that. I know you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the little face, the little face. But it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Casino guys in your lab, get a new get get some new scientists. Get get some get someone. Find gamers. Just, just just get someone else to talk to you. You need a friend. You need a friend. Call me now. My number is. Not happening. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen something predictive like this. There was another one that also predicted the overall body shape. The Nika um, Chad, yeah. Like um, a, like a, a huge ET like uh, spinal uh, posture. Yeah. And the one that set me off was their head would have this massive uh, valley just because of all the time that they spend wearing a headphone. And I gotta say that one actually kind of uh, uh, scared me a bit yeah. because I'm like oh, I wear the headphones a lot. And there might be yeah. there's a divot on my. Page. It could be a divot in my head, so I'll give him a point on that one. But Look I think a lot one. of I think a lot of this is just like, it's, uh, how do I? It, it's it's the signal versus the noise. Is like, what's the point that they're trying to make here? Which is, you know, we can contort our bodies into some unpleasant ways. So maybe, I don't know, get some fresh air or play a slot machine. I'm sure that's that's their, that, yeah. that was their end game. It's like put down the controller, play poker. Like okay, All but right, good one, just guys. think about it. if our fingers expand like that from playing video games, guys, we're gonna kill it on the piano. Like we are gonna. Here's the thing. I think I think we're kind of skipping it here, um, because the way evolution works is it wouldn't be us. It wouldn't be our kids. It wouldn't even be our great grandkids. Well, it's not it gonna be, happen. <laughs> it'd be it'd be lineages down that would finally evolve into that. So I mean, we would never see that anyway. So maybe. Maybe what? in a it's after we've been dead. Well, here's the thing though: there, 
the thing with controllers is that they're becoming less and less controllers now. People are... First off, I don't know how many... Like, I'm one. I, I know I'm not the only one who mostly does mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Um, virtual reality, you're just holding a stick. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't understand how they can come to that conclusion conclusion on as as so matter-of-factly as they did. I, I think that the controllers that we have now are pretty well um, an established standard. The only mm-hmm. real change is just like features or what colors they emit. But mm-hmm. I, we've since like, what was it? I guess the um, PlayStation 3, maybe even PS2, uh, four face buttons, a D-pad, two analog sticks, and then four shoulder buttons. If you, and then your start, your select in the middle, or your 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 yeah, that was uh, the mm-hmm. Xbox and the PlayStation Two yeah, came and out with Nintendo that. Pro controller as well, like and the Wii. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they had like the Wii Mote, um, mm-hmm. which was their their innovation. But you can attach a Pro controller to it, and I'm pretty sure it was two shoulder buttons at that point. So it's pretty much it's been set like that for a long time, and I don't yeah. think game designers are looking in the, at what games they want to make and thinking, man, do I wish I had a third shoulder button? Man, it would so, be great if there was I, just more buttons down below. Man, my fingers just can't reach it, so maybe in further generations we can get that to happen. I, I bought a Switch Pro Controller, and it has, um, it's like a third-party one, and it has these four additional buttons at the back where the grips are mm-hmm. for, for macros, and I have turned off all of those macros because i don't want to accidentally press that button it, i just don't it, we just we just don't need it i, I get Agreed. that i get that um um so you know what else we don't need soldier boy trying to break into the gaming world yet again so just this past week the soldier boy game twitter which is ran by, I assume, Soldier Boy's team of people behind us. Released, or said, coming soon, and posted pictures of his brand new, he's calling it the TRDR Pocket, which I'm not going to go into it, because, like, into what it is, because all it is is just an emulation box. You literally can just use it for emulations, which, cool, if that's your thing, whatever. Go buy off Soldier Boy, it's cool. People are up in arms because of the way it looks. So if you look at it, it's almost uncanny to one of the very first Game Boys. And then people are saying it's basically just a Game Boy with the uh, Nintendo Switch style joystick on it. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna real fast just go ahead and sh- show it on my phone. This is legitimately what it looks like. It has buttons little things it comes in uh red white uh yellow blue um it it's not great (laughs) it's it's really not great so also the uh trdr pocket as it's being called is also available under different brands but i I, you guys don't have the article open right no I'm looking at the website because I wanted to give this a fair shake. And when you say that this thing is available under different brands, I'm thinking, is is he drop shipping this game console? I mean, no. it would be a good idea. It would be a good idea. No, um, I want you guys. 
Dropshipping is, sorry, it just comes up a lot in uh, my e-com, e-commonics, my e-commerce podcast. Dropshipping is when you are selling a product that somebody else is carrying, like a wholesaler. So mm-hmm. rather than have to order the product and put it into your apartment or home or whatever, you only ship the product when it's ordered. So it's like a low cost entry. So he could yeah. be he could be dropshipping this, uh, but if he's putting his own label on it, that would call it white labeling. So anyways, mm-hmm. little economic oh. tip for the day. Well, thank you. Um, he has tried this once before. I think we've spent a good time on the soldier console that tried to come out a couple years ago or did come out. Um, anyway, I say this because I want to play over under real quick. How much do you think that a an off-brand Game Boy Color emulation box? How much do you think that runs you? Mind you, you get emu- you could buy emulation or you could get emu emulators on your computer for free and all that other jazz. So twenty bucks. You, twenty bucks. What do you say, Joseph? Forty nine ninety nine. Forty nine ninety nine. What if I told you is the exact same price as a Nintendo Switch? For an off brand. For this, for this soldier. Oh no! For this. Oh. oh. For this, oh. I'm sorry. I was looking at the website, so I already know the price. Oh but yeah. Okay. What I'm trying to understand is like, if I were actually, you know what? I could do this. I'm gonna go look on AliExpress and see what I can find. All right. While you do that, I'll go ahead and continue my uh, train of thought here. So the moral of the story is, you could buy this emulation box that looks like a Game Boy Advance, that looks like it has just slightly better graphics than the Game Boy Advance. You can buy it for $199.99, which is the exact same price that they're selling the Nintendo Switch lights for. Um, and I just think that's funny because this game is in a, basically a Nintendo product, but without the the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to trash it too hard because it hasn't come out yet. I don't know what it's going to be like, but Soldier Boy doesn't have a good reputation when it comes to games. And if this is just him, like Joseph explained earlier, if just, this is just him dropshipping it, if this is just like him putting his name on another company's product for them to help them sell it, then hey, you know what? Go for it. But I I truly, without a shadow of a doubt, 100% will be staying away from this product. Mm-hmm. So I am looking, and there are plenty of portable game uh, consoles uh, on AliExpress, but none of them look like it. it uh-oh. What's up? Uh, just as I said that, I found one that... See, uh, most of them, they didn't have six buttons. But I just found one that does. Um, Mini, in fact, I will link you guys t- to this. So, right. um, just a um, little... Uh, uh, I, I'm going to have to link it to you guys in the podcast news thing. Okay, that's fine. So, a little, so the way... The thing about uh, a lot of products that you'll see, and anybody who's on Facebook or you know, Google, you'll, you'll see these ads. There are a lot of products being marketed and oftentimes you can go to AliExpress and you can probably find mm-hmm. that for a cheaper price. Case in point, my arthritis protection gloves. Yep. Uh, I paid 20 bucks for these um, cause when they were marketed to me. And then when I found out that they weren't AliExpress, I didn't order $20 worth, which netted me three. I gave one to my girlfriend. I have an extra one as backup. Now, a lot of people, the side of that will think, well, that's skeezy, and you're not wrong. Um, so, in order for me to like make peace with this system, you have to understand that a lot of that money goes into service, uh, having somebody on the other end who can address a problem, and you know, make sure that if if there's if there's any issues, you have peace of mind that you know you can have somebody you can turn to. A lot of that money goes into marketing, because well, if 
if say to take the gloves for instance there's lots of people who could use these right especially here in, in in the gaming world and yet there's people who don't have them so a marketer comes along and tries to sell you on these and so that's where a lot of that profit margin comes in so it's really it comes actually more about the marketing than the product and and that and to soldier's boy's credit um i i will say that i ha i'm not seeing any consoles that are exactly the way his is designed there are some close calls but nothing quite exactly the way his looks um but again just so you know where a lot of your money is going the money is going into the marketing is going into the brand and then it's going into whatever service that they will provide for you after the fact so i get what you're saying and i agree with you to an extent um the thing you just linked me though is literally what he's selling except for it might look a little different but it has the six buttons with the little joystick mm -hmm. d-pad uh, it even has the different color options and yeah, it is say again the analog stick is different it is different yeah i didn't say it's exactly like it but i mean it's it's close very enough cool. it's very close and for in u.s dollars it is 23 dollars i'll round up 23 dollars whereas soldier boy selling his for 199.99 and this one says it supports Game Boy advance uh nes uh snes mame all the classics so so what i kind of feel like doing now is i feel like ordering one of these mm -hmm. portable consoles uh if i if i can get uh, like one for maybe 38 bucks just to see how well this thing uh can actually hold up holy shit there's some really really even closer calls my goodness yeah so as as you look at that like obviously there's a reason why i said you can find these online for cheaper because you can i mean mm -hmm. yeah it might not be the exact same one it might not be sold by soldier boy but if you are in, if you are in the very niche market for a handheld emulation box you already know where to go for that and soldier boy i don't think it's gonna be your plug mm -hmm. And and I, and I and I and I don't want to uh, condemn because I don't have all the information. It is possible mm -hmm. that he uh, is getting a designer to uh, make some adjustments so that it is still a console unique to his specifications. Mm -hmm. So that that is totally possible, um, and it and it is something that can happen in marketing. So one strategy would be, um, and I can actually show you guys the product that I'm working on, um, which are these drawers uh, that they stick underneath a desk. Oh, and so okay. it allows you to have more space at your workstation, clear up clutter. You know, it's not groundbreaking or anything, but um, I, I'm excited about it because I like the idea of like encouraging people to think about their space mm -hmm. more. Like, hey, I'm renting every square inch, whether it's horizontal or vertical, so I want to use every square inch. Now, this thing is coming from AliExpress. There is a supplier somewhere in, in China. But if I have what I have here is a winning product and I can market it well, eventually I can reinvest into the business and I can have one developed specifically. So um, the beauty of all of this is that you do have starting points, but you're not you're 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 marketing to people who don't know better, and mm -hmm. and that's me being completely honest about it. Here, so if I'm everybody in skull hunter you're all past the veil now anytime you see something being marketed check aliexpress first mm -hmm. and then 
it, you go back to the person who's marketing to you and you say, if I buy off this person, who am I supporting? Am I supporting a mission? Am I supporting somebody who's sharing knowledge, is writing content, is, is going the extra mile to provide me additional value? Are they going to email me afterwards and say, hey, thanks for ordering this product. Now you're going to subscribe to our newsletter where we'll send you cool information about life hacks, things you can do. So, you know, always look for always look for the value proposal. And that's the thing. Um, we don't know the whole situation behind the whole social board thing. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, um, maybe it's a situation where they he said, "Hey, I'll help you sell these things if you give me uh, profit sharing or a part of the company or something like that." And that's why his name is attached to this because it was another company who just looked for him to get back into the game. That could be it too. I don't know. Um, so I think it's time to talk about Nintendo, but this time the real Nintendo, not Soldier <laughs> Nintendo. So another, we talk, we've talked about leaks a lot the past couple weeks. There's been tons of leaky, leaky things. But I want to get that checked out. Um, my wife just texted me. Shit up. Anyway. <laughs> um, so a leaker came out recently and came onto Twitter and said that he had leaks for three upcoming Nintendo Switch games. Would you like to know what these games are, gentlemen? Yes. Yes. Alright. First off is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Okay. Cool. Um, Bandai Namco apparently teased this a couple months ago, but they denied it ever coming to Nintendo Switch. Well, they are liars! Bum, bum, bum. Um, another one is a game that's being remade for it's being remade it's a 1997 game it's being remade for every console it's called tales of destiny okay okay, uh, okay. There, is, there is no word whether it's a remaster a re, uh, a re-release or a remake but it's just going by tales of destiny so it has something to do with the game that came out at that time okay and then this one's Dark Souls two and three were leaked to come out. So not not quite the heavy hitters we would like to see come out, but some some interesting stuff to say the least. Yeah, the uh, the Tales is a great series. Uh, it's an RPG, but the battles tend to use like fighting mechanics. So it'll be like a two D scrolling plane where you'll have your fur guys and they'll mm. fight in the enemies. Uh, I played one on the GameCube called Tales of Symphonia. And it was like semi 3D, semi 2D, where our party of four was on a 2D plane, but based on enemy movement, people would kind of move in 3D. Um, I think like if like it's, it's, it's like Tekken, but eight people are fighting at once. So Tales is a very good RPG series, especially for people who don't quite have the wherewithal for like the menus and uh, and and like one button at a time so if you want something a little bit more action-based uh tales is pretty good so okay yeah. okay so, so, um, so okay and our last story of the day before we get into our all-timer segment hosted by uh joseph from the ecomotics podcast where he's most notably known from we have cyberpunk <laughs> not a shot at you guys just a shot of my general lack of 
Uh, well, speaking of lack of clout, or maybe too much clout, uh, the developers behind CD Projekt Red, or the developers behind Cyberpunk 2077 CD Projekt Red, have come out and said, so we had mentioned a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week, that they've gone pretty much radio silent mm-hmm. after the whole hacking situation. Well, don't worry, because they have some bold words to say. They are confident that Cyberpunk 2077 will be a game to be proud of. So that what I'm taking that as is that they are going through and they are going to fix it and release the game that they had originally promised everyone. Or at least make it better. Um, Any thoughts on this? Um, Actually, yeah. I got got a thought. So... If this is what they're doing, if this is actually what they're doing, I feel like they shouldn't have said anything. For one, I feel like they just should have been quiet about it. Um, because if now they just let everyone know what they're trying to do, now that pressure is back on them. Or did they learn from their lesson? I don't I don't know, but I feel like announcing it to the public, we'll give you the game you want once they put a release date. If they're not done and if they haven't tested this out yet, they're setting themselves up for failure again. And that's what worries me. Cyberpunk still seems like a really fun game, and I would love to play it, but I feel like they just they just dug their grave again. I feel like they could have just climbed out, went fine. They just dug another. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, you have to forgive me for just getting this information again. Was that the developer from the developer's mouth directly, or was it like a marketing team that said that? Because it sounds it was, like the marketing team is kind of no. getting the runaround. No, no. It was the studio head chief at CD Projekt Red. So if it were me, I would come out and say... Uh, we're going to keep working on this game, and uh, the state that it's in is not what's intended. So we're going to keep working until it works as intended. And I think you got, you know, we want, we we definitely want you guys to to like it because we're we're really passionate about it. And mm-hmm. maybe a, a a a little less boastful would have been nice, mm-hmm. but that they, they, they're not in a position, I think, to be boastful. You know what I mean? They should be more um, apathetic. Not necessarily, but not boastful. Alright. Well, on that note, we talked about clowns. Now it's time for the all-timer segment. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a segment where we talk about our all-time worst or favorite things. And this one's brought to you by Joseph. Thank you very much. So, uh, since we were talking about controllers uh, for quite a bit, I want to hear what yours' opinions is on. Now, by the way, mouse and keyboard doesn't count. <laughs> Throwing it out there, just yeah. so you guys know. Because then otherwise, all, right. all three of us would have the same answer. Yeah. Uh, so, all your all-time favorite controller. And I'll go first, just to all give right. you guys a moment to stew. For me, it is the GameCube controller, a controller that I still use to this day. However... <laughs> There are more games that uh, are better played on just like a, a straight up Switch controller or what I would say is like the standard contemporary controller across all three consoles. I've got an Xbox 360 controller for what I play when I play stuff on the PC. Uh, I've got my Switch Pro controller for everything other than Super Smash Brothers. The GameCube controller is basically at this point the Smash controller. And Super Smash Bros. and that game have such a close relationship that they're basically married to one another. 
And so as long as Smash is around, that controller will be uh, will be sought after. Unfortunately, the lack of um, uh, a second uh, shoulder button on the left does limit its design. Um, and the shoulder button on the right is a very thin, it's more like a utility button. Um, what they did instead was on the L and the R, they're pressure sensitive pads. So if you press it lightly, it's one input, but if you press it down all the way, there's a click and it's sort of like a different input. Now you might be wondering, well, how do I implement that into gameplay? So one way that it's integrated was in Super Mario Sunshine. Mario has a water pack. So if the player lightly presses it, then Mario will shoot and run, shoot water. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas if I press it down all the way, Mario goes into aiming and then he still stands still and then you can direct it. So there were some creative uses for it, but I think pressure sensitive con- uh, buttons like that are, are kind of off the grid now. Now it's just two buttons, probably better that way in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. The layout of the face is not only visually interesting because it has more of like a toy-like appearance to it, but I think it's also been uh, beneficial for game design too because this big honking A button um, then you have these uh, these smaller buttons and I think what that does is it ha- makes the designer consider what action is really important to be on that big honking A button and so you don't really you don't get to see uh, that too much for me on Smash for instance um, I'm v- very I'm very few players to do this but I map jump to the A button because it is a platformer after all mm-hmm. so I'm I, I, I've, it, once I did that completely changed the way I play that game. Um, the downside is that the D-pad is too small. It's not an effective control mechanism. It's basically four extra menu buttons. So the D-pad is kind of eh, but everything else in that controller is great. The curvature is great. It's very comfortable to hold. Uh, I have not one, not two, but nine of these. <laughs> Many of which are just cheap ones that I ordered off AliExpress just to kind of like play around and mod with. but. I have. Uh, I'm very proud of my collection of GameCube controllers. <laughs> All right, uh, James. What about you? All right. So I was obviously gonna. I think we could all take a moment to agree that mouse and keyboard. I think is first of not only the most like easiest to use, but also the customization that you can map any mm-hmm. button on the keyboard to whatever you want it to without be, a, or your mouse yeah. without a doubt. Um, so and it's just I question about mouse and keyboard. I think you guys will like it, but we'll do that after. Okay. Okay. Um, but when it comes to actual controllers, um, I don't know if I'm gonna get made fun of for this, but um, you know how the little on the switch, the actual two that plug into the side. Yeah. Um, take those out and put them in the little black handle controller. I truly, truly love that it's simple. It's small enough so where my hands like are comfortable holding it, mm-hmm. and every button's so easy to memorize. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's simple. It's easy. And, like, nothing's, like, how do I say it? Like, so, like, on the Nintendo 64, that was going to be my backup choice. They had the joystick in the middle. Yeah. Had the D-pad over here. And then you had the button right here. And then the shoulder buttons. And then you had the uh, letter buttons up here. Mm-hmm. It, it's easier than that. But it gives you that feel almost. like if, Or, like, I guess a simpler one to explain would be it's, like, a smaller 360 controller. Just because it has kind of the same layout when they're both in their little homes. Now I haven't used the uh, Switch Pro controllers, which is the con- it's a one controller that's supposed to function like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't used one of those, but I'm talking about the actual like on that goes into the 
Yeah, I hate to say the black. cheap plastic ones, but that that like cheap plastic one they made versus the, the ones that go with full it, yeah. functioning controllers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, okay. I I love I love it. Yeah. Okay. I have two um, uh, critiques with that one. I, I I like it a lot. I but I didn't like it enough to. Well, the thing was, I when I have other people coming over to play Streets of Rage, we needed at least a few of those because again, controllers did not work mm-hmm. with Streets of Rage. Mm-hmm. Um, the D-pad is just a smidge too small for my liking. Um, and the only other real pet peeve that I have with it is that I have these uh, plastic shells over my two um, uh, widgets or whatever we have to call them. Controllers. Controller A. Oh, have, okay. Yeah. The, 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 oh, man, am I struggling the with that one. The bumper buttons? Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. So I have to take off the plastic shell in order to fit yeah. it into it. So for me, it's like, well, it's a few steps too many. But other than that, yeah, it definitely is the controller to pull the weight of an entire system for somebody who doesn't have anything else or nor needs it. The fact that those can then fit into the the, the yep. system itself can be taken, then it also functions at its own. It uh, high praise, high praise. Yeah, but even when it's, I, I will say this again to it. Even when it's on the screen and you pull it up and you're in portable mode, it still feels comfortable. Like it doesn't feel like it's out of place at all. It doesn't feel like you're pushing buttons on the side of a screen. It feels like you're playing a legit console. But what about you, Jordan? Um, so it's it's kind of hard for me because. Honestly, let's let's all agree. If you buy a console, it's gonna have a different controller. You're gonna get used to it. Like it, you're just gonna get used to that feel. Um, so it's like when it when that's all said and done, I usually look for like what what lasts. Like with you playing it, do you, how many how many times do you have to replace it a year if you even have to? Um, so that's that's what I want to go ahead and look at. Now, I will say there's there's two because. I want to go to the Wii because the Wii, when you're trying to play those shooter games on the Wii, having having the guns and stuff like that, it was a simple, cheap design they made, made tons of money, and it made you feel a little bit higher in the experience versus bam, 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 bam. Instead, you could actually have like a little gun and stuff like that. They made it more of an experience to have. But honestly, I will say the old original xbox controller with like the special little plug at the bottom of it has my been my favorite because this controller right here i won three years ago for a call of duty tournament and i use it every day still now i bought off-brand remotes and stuff like that i think i legitimately think if i pull out one of these black drawers behind me there is literally it's just full of control yeah i'm pretty sure actually i'm pretty sure there is one yeah, it is filled with controllers. Just nothing but controllers. And they all broke. They're all off-brand selling controllers. They all broke. So nice. Versus just one actual true Xbox One controller, one of the original ones. I mean, it's been here. It's a fighter. But so the Wii, like guns and stuff like that. And the Xbox One controller, honestly, is my go-to. Nice. Yeah, um, Wii Mode Nunchuck, I think, is one of the best controller combos of mm-hmm. all time. Uh, nope. The the motion controls, but also enough utility buttons as well, just mm-hmm. to cover any bases. Okay, so the bonus question that I had for you guys is, of all the games that you've played on the PC, which one 
made you the most immersed in the experience to use the mouse and slash or keyboard? And again, I'll go first, give you guys a chance to stew. Um, this is quite a while back, but it still resonates with me, which was Mech Warrior 2. Now, now when I when one is controlling a mech, you imagine there's quite an array of buttons that need to go into controlling such advanced weaponry. Mm-hmm. Um, the keyboard being an array of buttons was the perfect solution to this. Um, one of the things that I loved about that game is to control the movement on the mech, you had the plus and the minus button to control how fast it was going. So I would hit the plus button and it would accelerate. And then I would hit minus and it would decelerate. And if I kept hitting minus, it would start going backwards. So I, I have the whole keyboard at my disposal and there's buttons all over that are useful to it. And then of course the mouse to, to aim and shoot. And that to me made it was comparable to the complexity that I would expect if I'm sitting in a mech suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sorry, like a giant mecha uh, uh, warrior. Yeah, giant robot. So yeah, that and I would love to play another mech warrior game, uh, provided that the controls continue to be that. In that case, the complication actually immersed me more in the experience than if they try mm-hmm. to streamline it. So if they streamline it, I'm not going to like it. That's fair. All right, do you want to go, Jordan? Um, I'm. I mean, yeah, I, I can go. Um, because it's really not that impressive, honestly. Um, I didn't own a PC for most of my life until I hit 18. Um, and so I never got the mouse and keyboard experience. I was always a controller, and then I I got to finally get my own PC. And the two reasons I wanted my PC was to get into uh, PC shooters that actually didn't happen until this last year. And I wanted to play Minecraft so much. And the excitement to want to play Minecraft and have mods and stuff like that. And be able to hit down, learn the buttons, learn WASD. If someone told me that, I thought that would be an STD. And now knowing, as soon as I hear that, I'm like, yeah, it's controls. You know, up, down, left, right. I get all that. And then your shift is, you. it's just, Minecraft sat there and like helped guide me through the keyboard. Like you're comfortable, like little hand placement it helped guide me through there and obviously different games are going to have different button layouts and all that but once again what we talked about earlier the keyboard is so easy to just oh i want to reprogram something for this game or do your whole entire pc cool just that 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 done your mouse is yeah you could just program whatever you want into your mouse as well it's so amazing but minecraft is honestly like that one for me because it was the one game i was truly excited about it guided me through holy buttons dude the birthday gift from two years ago and for some reason my my seven has completely chilled off when it's the five that i press the most this mouse made fortnite playable for me i I I get that on the on the mouse um I just have the two buttons on the side here. This is my grenade cycle for Counter-Strike, and this right here is to get the explosive out so I can plant the bomb. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, 12 to me is excessive. This was supposed to be for MMORPGs. Somebody has like a bunch of road locations. So I would say six mouse buttons for any high-octane gameplay is probably Mm -hmm. more, like, is is enough. Enough is as good as a feast, and yet I feast. Dude, honestly, the um, bottom, like where your thumb goes, that bottom one is my go-to for crouching. Like shift is never my crouch anymore. Like this button is my crouch. I'm like, oh, because I can just hit it in panic every time. 
Uh, James, so, what about yours? So, I'm actually going to show my mouse again. So, this mouse is a Logitech G something or other. I don't remember. But this was the number one mouse recommended for Counter-Strike. Like, it's, it's supposed to be the most smooth. It's supposed to be the best when it comes to um, reactions, um, feedback, stuff like that. So, I got it. And that's going to have to be my answer because, one, it's a real... It's, out of the shooters I've played on PC, it's one of the more realistic ones. Um, but just the flow of the mouse that goes with while you aim. Like, every time you get a kill, it feels like, you did, like you, you're in it. Like, like your yeah. hand did that. Yeah, because my observation with Counter-Strike is that aiming is... It... it it's more about knowing like really where to aim right because it's all yeah. like it's, it's like it's like violent peekaboo because people are going to be in the box they're going to be behind the wall they're going to be here they're going to be there so knowing where all of the spots are is critical to whether or not you're going to shoot somebody and i think that adds more to the immersion of it yeah because mm-hmm. if because there's a lot of games where you can do stuff on the side and play kind of strikes one of those ones where you're like if you're taking it seriously you're fully focused on it like you're coming up onto a site and you're checking every corner and then if you get a kill you know like you feel your hand go over there and kill that guy it's so that's probably my answer okay well boys i think we're ready to wrap this thing up yeah so, so. if uh, joseph wants to uh, sell out then we'll then i'll sell out and then we'll go home and, and me I'll, I'll sell out well i usually sell out for you but you can sell out for yourself if you, uh, want. you know thanks thanks man Okay, I got it. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. What is Anchor? Okay. If I knew everything to say, I'd have done it, but I don't. So That's awesome. Uh, for those of you, you got a little taste of uh, some uh, e-commerce background at this time. It was a good time to bring it up. Uh, you can learn a lot more about how to do all that on Ecomonics. It is E-C-O-M-O-N-I-C-S. It is an e-commerce podcast that uh, might be what you need to take control of your life. And I'm not being hyperbolic. Yeah. I talk to people every week who take control of their, control of their lives. It is crazy what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I also have my own creative uh, uh, side as well. So you can go to Giant Enemy Company and you'll see some of my latest updates. One of which is actually within the last two years. So you know, go me. Good job. All right. Um, do you want me to say you, Jordan? Or do you want to say yourself out? Um. Uh, uh... You know what? I want I want you to sell me out and okay. uh, sell yourself out. All right, cool. Um, if you want to see more of Jordan, you can catch him at Score Hunter Games on YouTube and Facebook, and many other social media platforms. He's on there. He's I don't know how active he is on there because he's not active on Twitter, and that's the one platform I use when it comes to social media. But he is active on YouTube and Facebook where he streams a lot. Tuesday, he'll be with uh, myself and Joseph and our good friend twitch.tv slash Guja. We'll be playing Counter-Strike as per usual for every other week. Now, it seems like we have a little bit of a schedule going on. And if you find me, I'm on YouTube at The Architect. I will be streaming also that game or that, that stream with him. Um, I'm also on Twitch at Architect CSGO. I don't know how much longer I'll be active on there. It depends on YouTube, how YouTube goes. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Architect CSGO. You can catch me... That's it. You can't catch me anywhere else because I won't tell you. Um, if you want to see the His video form of this... phone number is... <laughs> if you want to see the video form of this, please go to YouTube or Facebook at School Hunter Podcast. Uh, if you want to catch us in Audio Land, we're Squander Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. That's enough of our business. We want to thank Anchor, our sponsor, for 
sponsoring us through this podcast. And with that, I bid you all adieu, but goodbye. Bye, everybody! Have a good one.